we say day a lot. Let's clearly define, you know, for whatever it's worth, you got to give it the conspiracy is, is, is a diverse group. Is it or is it not? You know, you, oh, yeah. you, know, you, you refer to them in your book, Endgame, as the international oligarch class, right? That's, there's so many definitions flowing around, and I think there's a lot of confusion. How would you describe, especially in, in the context of what we're talking about today, the, this conspiratorial class, this group, this elite group? Well, I think as it's arrived at to its destination today, this is a group of people who have been educated in like-minded institutions, have gone to work downstream from those into like-minded institutions, have then trained the next generation of teachers in like-minded institutions, and have created a cohesive group of people who are internationalist in outlook. They don't look upon uh, people who find themselves as citizens of France as French any longer as being modern. That's, that's antique. That's old-fashioned. I'm, I'm an internationalist. I know no borders. Yeah. I'm not an American. I'm an internationalist. I know no borders. I'm not, a, I'm not a British citizen. I'm an internationalist. I know no borders. And this is a new ethos that they've generated amongst a certain uh, very wealthy class of people who uh, tend to gather together. And we're seeing the cream of that crop gathered as we speak in Davos, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And the people in Davos... They're from everywhere, they're from all kinds of backgrounds, but they share a certain worldview. They share the idea of an international order. And they're very openly talking about this in Davos, yeah. creating a new system. I'm, I'm, that's from their own literature yeah, right yeah. now for this, this year's meeting. They're going to create a new system uh, that will apply across the areas of the world that they can control, that they control. They're creating it. now. Again, this is something they're going to impose on everyone else. Yeah. Uh, this isn't something that individually anyone in, as a citizen of America, as a citizen of Canada, as a citizen of you know, France or Argentina or anywhere else has any input in. It's not being debated in Congress. It's not being debated in the Senate. Uh, there are no bills necessarily that are tied to this directly. These people are doing that because they have a worldview and the power to make that worldview their reality and then fasten it upon us. Yeah. And one of the tools they use is to create these divisions through collectivism that gives them the power to manipulate people. Can I just add something to that? And that is, um, I think there's an additional dimension to this that, that, bears, that bears mentioning, and that is that it's not just about politics and economics and sociology and, and all that good stuff, although you know, for some it may be. But at root, one finds that the insiders, as we have called them for decades, are motivated by uh, spiritual things. There, there, there's, there's a very much, you know, not only hostility to Christianity, but also hostility to Judaism um, and so forth um, that, that, that is at the heart of this. And, and all you need to do if you go and visit the UN grounds in New York City, amidst all the political symbolism, the flags and the statues of it, you'll also find spiritual stuff. You'll find groups like the Lucis Trust, which is a very old, over century old, you know, Luciferian organization, okay, that, that, is, that has an office mm -hmm. in the UN. Uh, you'll see, you know, if you visit the, you know, the, the um, what's it called, the worship room there, there's sort, mm -hmm. a, sort of a chapel there, but it's um, not like any chapel you or I have ever been to. It's this dark room with this black altar in it and everything else. And um, you find, if you look closely at the writings of people, even going back to the French Revolution of the so-called radical left, that there's definitely this spiritual dimension that in the first instance is always motivated by hostility, implacable hostility to Judeo-Christianity. Yeah. This idea, that because Judeo-Christianity is the religious tradition that worships the one God, 
who's above all, who, including the state, of course. So They hate that. Yeah, they? so you need to re- re- get rid of that and replace it with some sort of state religion, just like all the empire, you know, the Assyrians and the Babylonians and so forth, the Chinese of ancient times, you know, for whom the emperor was always a god and for which, you know, the, go- you know, the will of the state and the will of the gods was mm-hmm. always deemed one and the same. Now, obviously, today it would probably have to be something a little more sophisticated. But if you look at the global environmentalist movement, as my, several of our colleagues have ably documented over the years. Yeah. There's a very strong component of eco-paganism there yeah. and so forth and so on. Uh, so at root, it's, it's more than just a worldview. It's a, it's a cosmic and spiritual and religious perspective on, the, on who we are and what our role ought to be. And it's, it's completely opposed and it's, and, and to, to everything in Christianity and Judaism alike. Okay. And... Moreover, there's, it is organized and purposeful. It's not just sort of happening by, by accident, which is why we call it a conspiracy, yeah. unblushingly. You know, yeah. in the Judeo-Christian tradition lands importantly on a very important place, and that is the individual relationship to God and the salvation of the individual soul uh, in the Christian terms through the, through the salvific mission of Jesus on earth. So if we're to take, take the Christian component of that, we come down very firmly upon the individual, which is, again, the religious foundation for the idea that the individual is the ethical repository of rights and responsibilities, which is diametrically opposed to the internationalist ethos, which Steve is bringing up in the religious sense. And we'll car- I'll carry that forward and say, in the context of Endgame, the book I've just written and that you can now uh, buy from shopjbs.org, uh, in that context, they want to replace the Christian, Judeo-Christian idea of God and salvation of the individual soul via that Mm -hmm. celestial divine work with the agency of humans. And that's the point of what the the technocrats among the intellectual oligarchy class are getting getting to when they say the singularity is near. The singularity being the technological achievement of salvation by human hands For certain people, uh, as opposed to the revelation and the divine uh, to the individual person and the salvation of every individual soul who follows, you know, in the Christian sense, who follows the salvific mission of Jesus. This is a direct revolt against God uh, in the sense that it's thought by these people directly they can achieve salvation, they can achieve immortality without the Christian and Judeo Christian tradition.